welcome to the Core Happiness Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Banks, a mindset and positive psychology coach. On this podcast, we discuss all things related to creating happiness from within. So let's do it. Hello and welcome. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about work-life balance. I mean, how many of you have thought about work-life balance and wondered, is it even achievable? Is that something that can actually happen? I know most of the people that I talk to in coaching, that is something that they're always trying to achieve. It's I'm trying to achieve work-life balance. As I've stated many times in previous episodes on this podcast, we are constantly bombarded with messages that we need to be available. We need to work harder. We need to work longer. We need to be more productive. Or we need to be available on our phones, through email, on Slack, through messages. And the line between personal life and work life has become so extremely blurred. And especially when you add in remote work, hybrid work, working from home, it's very blurred. In recent years, work-life balance is a term that has caught on because people have just become exhausted and they're essentially standing up and saying, look, I'm exhausted. I'm not a robot. We're not robots. We're human beings. I need to be able to balance my personal life with my professional life. I am sure many of you can attest to that. And so this work-life balance term has caught on over the years and companies have been claiming that they support work-life balance by saying things like, we are going to include mental health days, or we have upped your number of PTO days or sick days, or some companies have unlimited PTO, which even though it doesn't really add up to be unlimited, but that's something they offer when you look at job listings and such. So Work-life balance has become a term that is something to strive for or something that a company offers as a perk. But what is it really? The common misconception about work-life balance is if you think of scales, right, and you think of each side being equal, so scales are balanced, that is what most people strive for. It is trying to have a very equal balance of time spent at work, time spent at home, my focus at work and my focus at home. Everything is very balanced. I feel balanced and it's even across the board. Now, realistically, that is not possible. So if you have been one of the people who are trying to strive for work-life balance and find yourself frustrated, feeling like you can't achieve it, that's probably why. So let's talk about what work-life balance really is. When we talk about balance, what that means is that you're able to prioritize your personal and professional life. There will be times where you need to prioritize your personal life over your work life. There will be times where it's vice versa, where work needs to be prioritized over personal for some pending deadline or promotion or something to that effect. Your prioritization is constantly shifting. One is going to need more priority over the other. So there's never going to be a balance of these scales. Now, balance pertains to your ability to shift your priorities as needed. That's where the balance comes from. It is having the opportunity, the awareness, support, and the ability to say, okay, I need to shift to personal life and personal matters and being able to do so or vice versa. So if you need to focus more on work, you can absolutely do so. If you need to focus more on your home life, you can absolutely do so. That is where the term balance 
gets misconstrued because it's not going to be balanced in terms of equality and being equal. Balance means that you're able to shift as needed. And if you shift your mindset to think about balance as the ability to shift your priorities on a whim as needed, however often you need to, that is really what work-life balance means. I know many people are listening to this probably like, yeah, that sounds great. But with my hours and with what I have to do, I can't just take off and handle a personal matter. Or I have so much going on at home that when a deadline's approaching at work, I feel super stressed. So now the question is, how do we achieve that ability to shift our priorities as needed? So let's talk about the obstacles to achieving work-life balance. Number one is the most common that I see, which is long hours. Most people work long hours at a job, which can leave them feeling stressed or exhausted. If you have a nine to five, usually it's the, yeah, I work nine to five, but then I come home after five and I'm still getting emails or I'm still getting pings on our instant message, or I still have to check in with certain things, or I'm getting a phone call. So you're really not cutting off at five. And then that equates to longer hours. Some people roll out of bed, check their phone. So instead of starting work at nine, you're starting it at seven, seven thirty eight. And you're looking at work emails and trying to get a jump on your day before you actually get into the office. So our work days have become extended, which lead to very long working hours. What are solutions? Number one, you have to disconnect from your work. And many episodes, I always talk about setting boundaries. It is very important. You have to set boundaries. You have to say, okay, if I'm leaving work, I'm leaving work. That does not mean take work home with you. That means disconnect. When you are not at work, you are disconnected from work. If you have a separate work phone, turn that phone off. If you have work on your personal phone, silence the work portion. Most have like a work profile, silence it. Don't use your work computer. Don't use your work devices. Disconnect from work. That is one of the most important things you can do for your own sanity. The second thing, if you are working long hours and find yourself being just exhausted, you have to incorporate breaks, constant breaks throughout the day, even if it's just for like five minutes. Get up, walk around, stretch, do some breathing exercises, whatever you have to do, just take a break. Some people take breaks and scroll through social media just to feel some type of social connection. If that's what you need to do, do it. Whatever makes you feel like you can take a mental break and just disconnect for five minutes, do it. Anything to help break up the day. If you're taking a lunch break, which everybody should be taking a lunch break, get outside, go somewhere for lunch. If you're bringing your lunch to work, get outside. Otherwise, leave your office, leave your home office, get out and change your environment for a few minutes. It will drastically help you. And then, of course, if you're working long hours, especially if you're getting to the point of being burnt out, take your vacations. That's one thing that I hear a lot of people don't do. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to take a vacation because I come back and work has just piled up and then it's like I just shouldn't have even taken a vacation. Not true. Not, not true. Take your vacations. And another thing that I want to note about that, too, is even when people are on vacation, they're still working. That is a huge no-no. Don't work on vacation. Because let me tell you one thing about that. Vacation, yes, it's a time to rest, recharge, recuperate. But it's also a time for memories. 
You don't want to look back on a time when you are on vacation and it's memories of work. Your day-to-day is work. Then you take vacation, but you're working on your vacation or you've opted to work on your vacation or you're forced to work on vacation, whichever one it is. And then you look back on that vacation and you remember, oh, right, there was work. For me personally, when I got married, I got married in Mexico. And one of the reasons I loved our destination wedding was that we were going to get married, but then also have our honeymoon there. So it was about quality time. This is going to be about us. It's about our memories. We're never going to have these memories again. And the wedding went great, but then it was like we were on a honeymoon. And my husband and I, is a workaholic, like to please. I was working like three different jobs at the time. So instead of being present and enjoying that moment, it was the, oh my gosh, I need to check my email, what's going on at work. Or a work email came in, oh my gosh, I feel the need to respond. And then there's all this pressure to keep working, even though you are trying to be on your honeymoon and trying to be present and enjoy the moment. And now when we look back on those memories, it's, I remember some working and that was a little bit heartbreaking. So take your vacation, meaning take the vacation, turn the phone off, leave the phone at home, don't bring it, whatever it is. It's not that important. The world will continue to spin. Turn the work off. Let's move on to the next obstacle for achieving work-life balance. Unrealistic expectations. Employers, especially when we start getting into the world of layoffs or more employers trying to jam more job responsibilities into your job title. I mentioned before where I was doing the work of like four or five people. That's become common practice. How much can we get out of each individual employee? That has increased a lot. If you look back to like what your parents used to do as a job responsibility or what their parents used to do as a job responsibility, it wasn't nearly as much as we do today. Employers are really pushing how much each individual can do for them. Sometimes this can lead to unrealistic expectations. A lot of times when you have employers who are writing out these job descriptions, They're just writing what they know they need done. Now, is anybody looking at how much time it actually takes to do each task? Is it possible for one person to do this all in a day? How often do we need this stuff done? Is it done per day? Is it done weekly? Is it done monthly? No, nobody's looking at it to that extent. They're just listing, these are the things that we know we need done and it would be great if one person can do all of it. But it may be unrealistic. So if that is the case, and if you find yourself where you've accepted a job and then maybe there have been layoffs and somebody comes to you, your boss comes to you and they say, hey, now we need you to also do X, Y, and Z. Speak up about what is realistic for you. Set expectations for yourself and for your employer. And don't try to do too much in a given amount of time. A lot of times when you're trying to spread yourself so thin, you don't do anything well. And then that ends up a whole new stress, right? So be very honest about how much work you can do in a given amount of time and what you can achieve per day, and make sure that you are communicating that to your employer. Also, don't be afraid to say no. If somebody says, hey, you know, we really could use your pitch in, and could you stay late? If you really can't stay late, don't be afraid to say no. It's okay to say no once in a while. I'm not saying you have to say no every single time. I'm not saying don't be a team player. But you know what is important to you, what you can move, and what you can't move. And if something is important to you and you really can't move it and something at work came up last minute, it's okay to be like, I really wish I could help, but I really can't. Or if I would have had more notice, maybe I could, but I can't. Or say, I can't do that, but maybe I can help with X, Y, and Z. But 
it's okay to say no. And then of course you can always delegate. If there's too much on your plate, don't be afraid to delegate tasks. If you are not in a delegating position, talk to your supervisor and make sure that they can help you delegate. And then you can always reframe it as I want to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can for my job. And if there's a task that somebody else could be more qualified for, let them do it because that ends up helping the company. Whoever can be more efficient at the task is who should work on the task. And if you frame it that way, then a lot of times you will find that an employer or supervisor will support that. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of, hey, I I can't do all this in a given time. It's, I want to make sure I'm doing it right. And this is not my strong point. That is a sign of strength, is knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and asking for help on anything that would be considered less than a strength. Now, another very common obstacle to work-life balance is personal factors. These are things that just come up in your personal life because that's just life. Things come up, things happen. And what do you do? Especially if you're a parent and you have children or if you are a person who is dealing with illness or sickness or if you're caring for an elderly parent, things can come up in our lives that we just don't plan for. So what do we do if a personal factor comes up? If you're a parent or even if it's just you're a person who lives alone and you like to have your solitude. If you can plan for personal and family activities, definitely do it. In the previous episode, we talked about time chunking, which is instead of multitasking, you set aside chunks of time. I had a coworker who would chunk his personal time as well. And what he would do is in the morning, and he opened up his calendar so you could actually read it. But in the morning, it said busy. And the reason that he did that was because we were a global company. And so we didn't have set nine to five hours because we had different coworkers in different various time zones. People could reach out at any given point. So some people would reach out before 9 a.m. Some people would reach out after 5 p.m. So for him, it was very important for him to start chunking and blocking personal time. So he had a block that said, you know, in the morning, I am unavailable for this hour and a half. I'm taking my kid to school. I am having breakfast with my family. I am having my meditation session. I will then follow up on emails. And then his time was open for you to book time with him or for him to have meetings or anything like that. Likewise, I know people who book in the afternoon. They time chunk in the afternoon and they say, I'm going to go pick my kid up from school or I'm going to run some errands or do some doctor's appointments from one to two. I'm going to grab lunch, run some errands. I'll come back. One to two, don't book me. So you can do that. It can also be dinners. I know some people even have blocks where it's like 6 or 7 p.m. and it's block saying dinner, family time. It's okay to do that. It's very, very effective. Chunk your time and make sure that you're booking it and saying that you're busy. I mean, it doesn't have to be an open schedule. You don't have to let everybody know what you're doing. It could just say busy and it can be reoccurring. It can be daily. It can be every other day. Whatever you need, block your time. The other thing is if you work from home, try to spend more time with family. If there are times in the day where you can take a break, we talked about taking a break and making sure you're walking around doing things. If you are able to text family or if your family is home with you, you're able to spend time with the family, start spending time with family. Because I think what you'll realize too is that helps to break up the monotony of the workday and that it makes you feel like you are able to incorporate more personal time and time that matters into your workday. The other thing is be flexible with your schedule. So if something happens, you have a doctor's appointment, 
or if your child is sick, don't be afraid to take off time. It's okay for things to happen. A lot of times, employers understand that things come up that we can't control. And if you ask and just communicate, in most cases, you will be supported. For example, there was a time years ago where I was commuting to the airport. I was about to catch a flight to go on a work trip. And I was five minutes into my drive. I had just left home. And my grandmother calls and tells me that my father has just been picked up by the ambulance and taken to the ER. And she doesn't know what's wrong. So immediately, I'm thinking, I need to turn around and I need to go to the hospital. But what about this flight that I'm supposed to be on? And so I ended up calling my boss and I told him what was happening. And I kept driving towards the airport. But my boss was like, turn around, family first, go take care of your dad. We will sort the work trip. And sure enough, luckily, I had a coworker who stepped in. They just switched the name on the tickets. She was able to get on the flight and go. But I look back on that sometimes because if I hadn't have made that call to my boss and just went to the airport, I would have really missed some valuable quality time for my dad. And I really would have definitely looked back on that and just been so hard on myself. So I'm glad it worked out the way it did. In most cases, you will have a boss or a coworker, or maybe it's even your boss's boss. But we're all human, and we all have the ability to empathize, some more than others. But if you ask, more than likely, you will be supported. And then the other thing for things that come up, especially if they're illnesses and things like that, or let's say someone passes away, Take advantage of your company benefits. A lot of companies have flexible work hours. They have family medical leave. They have other arrangements that they'll help you with. So definitely look into your company benefits and don't be afraid to take them. They are offered for a reason. And the last obstacle that I'll talk about today is just not making use of your personal time. We all have our downtime at the end of the day, even if you're getting off work at, let's say, 7, 8 p.m. Let's say you've had a long day and you get off work and you have like an hour of downtime. Most of us, myself included, will go plop in front of the TV, have dinner, just find a show or a movie or something that kind of just distracts us from the day, right? So we can stop thinking about work. Just any type of distraction feels like a good distraction at that time. And then after that, we go to sleep. We wake up and we do it all over again. And if you've ever noticed, if you've done that and you notice the next day at work, it kind of feels like you didn't have a break. It just feels like you kind of went home, went to bed, (laughs) woke up and then went right back into work. It's because of the way you used your decompression time. Did you do anything that actually mattered to you? So how we use our time off is just as important as taking the time. When you do find yourself with some downtime, whether it's before work, after work, on the weekends, whenever it is, make good use of that time. Do things that you enjoy, do things that matter to you, whether it's reading or playing sports or spending time outdoors, spending time with loved ones, friends, family, going to dinner, watching a movie together, just anything that is really important and matters to you because that makes it quality time and that becomes more fulfilling than if you just were to spend that time scrolling through your phone on social media or scrolling through channels on a TV. So all that to say, work-life balance, is it achievable? I will say conditionally, it is achievable if you're willing to understand what balance means, which is really just the constant prioritization shift between personal and professional life. If you're willing to set boundaries, 
if you're willing to communicate and ask for help, that's both personal and work, and if you're willing to set realistic expectations, then absolutely you can achieve work-life balance. It is important to note, though, that that is very subjective. It means different things to different people. You can't wait around for any company to solve work-life balance for you. It's not going to happen. Work-life balance to me may mean one thing. To you, it may mean another. And for a company to come in and make a policy or create a process for work-life balance that works for everybody, it's just not feasible. So you have to define what work-life balance means to you. You have to then set realistic expectations, communicate them, and then set a boundary to keep what you've communicated firm. If you're willing to do that, then absolutely you can achieve work-life balance. That's all we have for today's episode, and I hope you'll join me next time. I thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate it or leave a review. If you have any thoughts or questions, I would love to hear from you. You can email podcast at corehappiness.com. For show notes and additional resources, you can visit www.corehappiness.com. As always, please remember, never let anyone diminish your light. Until next time, sending you my love.